What's good, everybody? We are back to tip off another edition of a Shot of Whiskey podcast brought to you by the good folks over at New Amendment as a part of Beyond the Big Ten Podcast Network. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcast, and on YouTube at Beyond Big Ten, not spelled out, but the number 10. Also, make sure to follow along on all socials. That's Twitter, IG, and TikTok with the handle at Beyond the Big Ten. Again, that is the number 10, not spelled out. I am Jordan Taylor, 2008 to 2012 Wisconsin alum, alum alongside my guy, 2011 second round pick and All-American John Lure, a.k.a. Cusco. If you haven't seen the movie Emperor's New Groove, go check it out and you will know what I'm talking about. But Johnny, what's good with you? How you feeling this week, man? You're just going to keep rolling with that nickname every single time. I'm like, <laughs> Uh, all right, all right. I'm good, man. What's uh, what's going on in in London town? Tell me, tell me something good, man. I love it here. Everything's great. Got a, I'm I'm the brand new teammate of our special guest a little later on. So London's great, man. You know what I'm saying? I said I might I might find love out here. I don't know something. something <laughs> there's magic in the air out of London, man. Our team is doing all right. We're trying to get uh. Trying to get to the Euro Cup playoffs, got a big game this week. So that could be yourself? a spin-off were... pod- That could be a spin-off podcast. Jordan looking for love in London. Love it, love in London. <laughs> that's not that's not a podcast. That's a reality show, baby. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> that's big money, man. But everything else is good, man. You was in Philly. We talked about it last week. You again, we're gonna keep harping on that because you are doing things off the court as well. So how's everything with the franchising? It's good, man. We uh, crumble yeah. cookies. We're uh, we're rolling. We're gonna open our first location in DC uh, pretty soon, and then and then build it out from there. But it's uh, my close friend Tobias Harris. He got connected with them. Uh, he's opened about ten of them already, and we're uh, we're making moves in the business world. So it's been fun, you know, going that entrepreneur route uh, in yeah. life after basketball. Ooh, he got money. Ooh, he got no, that's big time, man. But man, let's jump into it, man. We have uh let's jump into our X's and O's at Indiana this week. And we um we were talking a lot last week about freezing cold takes, and unfortunately are probably gonna find ourselves on an edition of freezing cold takes ourselves. We've had a lot of success with Indiana over the years. We talked about it at at a at a healthy length last week. Uh, kind of even talked down on our on our competitor Christian Watford only for Indiana to beat the brakes off with sixty three to forty five this week, man. You got anything you want to say? You, you know, a, a disclaimer on our statements. Only thing I got to say is I take full responsibility and ownership of that freezing cold take because I was completely wrong. Indiana stopped us, and I just give all credit to them. I'm gonna take the high road. I ain't giving them no damn credit. And I'm saying we play without our leading scorer and best player. And as far as I'm concerned, we still beat the dog. My bad. We still beat the brakes off of Indiana every time we play in full strength. So if Tyler Wall plays, that's a completely different game, man. So, I mean, we clearly missed him. That's the third straight game without Tyler. Or no, well, third straight full game without Tyler Wall, fourth game yeah. without Tyler Wall. And I think today, it really, or this this game or this weekend, it really started to show uh, the effects that we were missing him. Um, so let's let's talk about the things you didn't that you didn't like on the court this week. Well, just to expand on the point you just made, right? Missing Tyler, 
I thought Jay Wright had a great point during the game when he when he talked about how Indiana was just blowing everything up, right? Blowing up screens. Man. We weren't able to run any of our action. And he said when he was at Villanova that they would go to isolations when that happened, right? And that's what Wisconsin probably wanted to do. Chucky Hepper is really our only isolation player that was on the floor. But our best isolation player was sitting on the bench, uh, you know, in a boot in, in, in Tyler Wall. I mean, we've seen him all year, right? You go back to the Kansas game. You go back to some other, you know, big games. And we're just clearing out a side and letting him go to work. And, and nobody could really stop him. Um, I think this game, it was so glaring missing him because he would have opened up a lot of things offensively. And, and we were anemic offensively. Uh, yeah. at times. So so that was my biggest takeaway was just, man, we just we need that ankle to get right. We need it back on the floor. Anemic is an understatement. 32% from the floor, 20% from the three-point line, 5 of 24, and 4 of 11 uh, from the free throw line. Um, so yeah, anemic does not even begin to describe it. I think that uh, Coach Gar did a good job at at, um, at trying to adjust, what I did not like from that game was, one, the second half start for now the second week in a row. Um, you know, they started the second half on an 18-2 run. The score is 20-20, to which on the road without Tyler Wall, um, you can live with that. Uh, but when you come out and you give up an eight, eight, or 18-2 run right away, it, it just kills any chance you have. And it really killed our fight this time, it seemed like. And, you know, I feel like that sounds kind of like cliché. But you understand, I mean, we understand from playing the game for so many years, when you get hit in the mouth like that, you either respond. But Coach Ryan used to say either, you know, when you dig yourself a hole, quit digging, right? And it kind of seemed like we just kept digging ourselves deeper and deeper into a hole. Um, some of the same problems that we had came back as far as keeping guards in front of us and, and containing guards. Jalen hood Shafino, who I thought we did a solid job in the first half, got loose in the second half and kind of spurred that run um, with six straight. Uh, got dominated inside 42 to 22 in the paint, which again is an anomaly uh, for Wisconsin teams. And then, like you said, blowing up all the plays with the stagnation was just was just out of out of pocket and out of brand for Wisconsin. Yeah, we always talk about you know even from when Coach Ryan was there and Coach Guard now, right? We want to impose our will against our opponent. And yep. you talk about the the screen action and them just they imposed their will on us. That that was evident. And I know Coach Guard yeah. is gonna make that point uh in the in the locker room after the game and moving forward is hey guys, we can't let another team just physically impose their will on us like they did. And you know, I think uh Trace Jackson Davis was incredible. You know, we haven't touched on him yet, but man, yeah. his uh his his combination of agility and strength at his size. I mean, I think it's probably the best in the country. And, uh, you know, he just he just overpowered uh, and, and his footwork overpowered Stephen, Stephen Crowell. And, and Crowell has made so many great, you know, developments in his in his game. But when you go against an elite player like Trace Jackson Davis, you, you got to bring it even a, a whole nother level. Right. When I would play against yeah. Juwan Johnson or Draymond Green. Yeah, I knew those nights I had to bring it. Right. And yeah. it's a whole nother level of intensity that you have to bring. I don't think he approached the game that way. Uh, and when you go against an elite All-American type player like Trace Jackson Davis is, uh, you know, he dominated inside. The the uh, no, 100 percent. And not just Trace Jackson Davis, but the other disappointment, I think, was Carter Gilmore and Max Ilver or I'm sorry, Marcus Ilver, who only played 12 minutes. 
Um, you know, I thought that they were, they really got beat up. Jordan Geronimo had 11 rebounds, five on the offensive and five of their nine offensive rebounds. And that's probably, I think the third or fourth, three or four man who has really, uh, played well against us, but it was disappointing to see, like you said, a four man physically impose their will on us. You know, you can live with, uh, with Hauser hitting shots from the outside. You can live with Coleman Hawkins getting hot. He was due and making shots. But when you just get beat up like that for Carter Gilmore and, and Marcus Silver, that's something that's a that's a little discouraging um, well, from, from a fan standpoint and, and coaching standpoint. Go ahead. And to your point, those guys combined for four points and five rebounds total. Yeah. You know, and they played yeah. a lot of minutes. So, again, it just it keeps coming back to Tyler Wall, to right? Tyler I mean, Wall. those are his minutes, and you know he's going to bring – uh, so much more, and, and we just miss him. Yeah. And and backtracking, moving on, because you know how we do. We're going to cover the things we don't like first and go into the things that we did like. There were positives to take away. Um, and I think the positive was actually what you said. For me, I look at that as somewhat of a positive. Stephen Crowell got, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, he was a far better player and it was clear in, in that game. Um, but, you know, we've talked about Stephen Crowell and how he's been coming on as a scorer. But I think to your point of stepping up to that next level, that's a great thing for him to see at this point in the season, maybe to to get to get your butt kicked like that, because now it's like, all right, I've been playing well. It's that humbling moment. You know what I'm saying? It's a you know, it's it's great. To, uh, the sun ain't always going to shine, man. So sometimes you need that humbling moment. And I think hopefully that was Steven Krause. And now he kind of sees that level that he needs to get to, because I'm sure he wants to be in the NBA, play professional overseas, whatever it is. Trace Jackson Davis is a pro. So for now mm-hmm. on so on some level he's a pro. So for that to happen in that game, um, I think that's going to be a great uh, uh, come back to earth moment and a, a point of humility for for Steven. You know, only five points for him, six rebounds, no assists. So a really uncharacteristic game. One for four from the line. He did battle though. I did uh, I did appreciate him battling and and he fought more so I think than some other guys, but. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like to call out effort. I think everybody plays hard all the time, but you know, he did his thing. Yeah, I think I think you're right on. You right on, hit the nail right on the head. I mean, he's he's shown time and time again that he can learn and develop. Right. I mean, you look at his career from freshman year to sophomore year to now, uh, and even just the the growth in this year when he's had bad games, he's bounced back and he's shown growth and development. And this is just the next stage in that process for him. And I don't see any reason why he won't come back and be better from this after going through a game like that against an elite All-American player. 100%. 100%. The other thing I did like was the defensive effort in the first half. You know, Indiana came out, like you said, was blowing everything up. You know, we were steady. And, you know, we kind of – obviously our defense isn't to blow things up. But we were really, really good on defense. And I thought matched their intensity in the first half. Obviously, 42 points in the second half. Um, you know, they kind of, we kind of ran into an avalanche, especially 18 of those 42 in the first six minutes of the half. Um, but I thought the defense was great. And I really thought that Coach Guard did a good job when the offense was stagnant of mixing up um, some play calls. Obviously, everybody knows Wisconsin is a swing. You know, you heard Jay Wright, you're going to run cuts. We're going to back screen. We're going to do all that. But when they started blowing it up, he went to, you know, some wide pins for Connor season. He got went into a flex action uh, with Connor coming back out the top. He hit a three off that, um, went into a Spain screen where Steven Crowell ended up getting the shot block, got it back, and then scored. Um, so I thought that was that was really a positive for me. Just, again, we know Coach, how good he is in those situations, but to see him kind of try and put guys in a situation to succeed um, is something that is 
is very, very encouraging. And as, as a player, a former player, and someone who's recruited by Coach Guard, it it almost makes me mad for real. Like, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> like, he, he's really good at that. And uh, mm-hmm. I wish I could go back. But it's, it's really cool to see uh, from a player's perspective. No, he is. And and with Connor Seijan especially, right, we've been talking about that, getting him involved in more action. Uh, and he recognized it. And that game, I thought, was – uh, you know, a great example of how he's he's uh, adjusting to whoever, you know, Tyler Wall's down. All right, let's run some more action for Connor. Um, Connor Seijan, 14 and 11. I think that's a positive. You look at him and probably his first double-double, and we'll have to, yeah. we'll have to fact-check that. But um, 11 rebounds for for a shooting guard, that, that was great to see. Um, and just how aggressive and confident he is, even in an atmosphere like that. You know, Indiana kid, you think maybe as a freshman, he comes out a little wide-eyed. But he was just aggressive and confident like he always is. And I think the next thing that we want to see, obviously running the pin downs and and that type of action for him, I want to see the ball in his hands a little more. Right. I think he has playmaking ability to come off ball screens. And if a guy goes under, he can step back and shoot. Like uh, next year, he'll be he'll be coming off ball screens. Has he three? You know, for KD sure. style. And, and, for and that's, sure. <laughs> that's part of his game that he has. And I think, you know, now we can we can start to implement that a little more. Now that he's trusted defensively, he's he's one of your best scorers. Uh, I think we got to put the ball in his hands a little more. For sure. For sure. I think, you know, one one thing that we don't do is uh, the games. It's a it's a ball screen game now. And, you know, I think we do have to do a better job at putting pressure on the defense through the ball screen. You know, we run a lot of pick and pops. Steven Crowell's a pop guy. Um, but I would like to see us, you know, r- have a rim runner and, uh, you know, force the defense to, you know, get some gravity through the rim runner, through a, a rolling big, and then kick out, force more closeout situations. There were times where, you know, we did get either straight line drives or closeout situations, and the spacing just wasn't quite uh, where it needed to be. You know, you kick out and two guys are too close to each other. So, one guy can guard two. You can't make that extra pass um, and all that. But um, just to continue on the on the train before we get into it, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit more later. But just to get in or continue on the positive train also, only nine offensive rebounds uh, was something you've talked about before that we'll, we'll get right. Um, 42 rebounds. We got out-rebounded with nine offensive rebounds to that team. And five to J- Jordan Geronimo, who we talked about as Tyler Wall's matchup. You got to think he's going to take some of those away. Um, zero offensive rebounds for Trace Jackson Davis. That's I think that's something that you can really say, hey, that you know we got we got a little bit better at that. Yeah, well, he was making all of his shots, so I don't think he had a chance to go get off. <laughs> well, not nah, nah, no, he wasn't. But, they but were ten right. to thirty three first half. Yeah, so they weren't. <laughs> no, I'm saying trace trace's shots. I think. He yeah, was, well, yeah, he was making all his for sure. Yeah, eight for twelve or whatever he was. But yeah, um, no, that is a, a a crucial point that that we'll have to look at, especially with with Tyler out. He's a great rebounder, um, and, and to hold a team that athletic to to that number uh, was positive. Yep. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Well, we're going to put that one on the shelf, man. We're going to wash it away, forget anything we said, forget it even happened. Uh, unfortunately, it did not. It, it did happen in the record books, so the Badgers do fall to three and three. But that is going to lead us into our scouting report. This week, we will see what you can call a lighter part of the schedule. I don't know if there is a lighter part of the schedule in the Big Ten these days. But we will see Penn State, the Penn State Nittany Lions and the Northwestern Wildcats, uh, two teams that are obviously very beatable. 
the X factors. Give me uh, my X factors for Penn State. We're going to see Jalen Pickett, who is arguably arguably the best player or guard, guard and player maybe, um, in the Big Ten. He's averaging 17, 7, and 7 right now. That's a stat line in the Big Ten that I think maybe only guys like Denzel Valentine have, have put up in the past. No surprise that Penn State has more guards that are that are coming strong. And then they have an X factor in Seth Lundy, who's kind of a do-it-all guard, you know, can play the three, four, handle it a little bit. Um, but what, what are you looking forward to in this game? Well, I think you just said the word guard five times there, and that that makes sense because I think it's 90% of their scoring comes from their guard play. You know, yep. they basically start four guards and then they bring, you know, they only have two, maybe two bigs that really see minutes. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, we've talked about it all year long, right? How do we contain the ball? How do we, how do we keep the ball out of the paint? And, and how do we, like Indiana did against us, right? Blow up those screens and just keep that, you know, primary defender in front of the ball. That's going to be the key to this one. Uh, you know, you mentioned this team is beatable. We've only beat Penn State. We're two and three in our last five against Penn State. Penn State just beat Indiana by 20. So, you know, I think our intent is going to be up on this one that, uh, hey, this isn't going to be a walk in the park. Well, you know, I, I, yeah, no question. No question. I think we're in that situation, too, now that uh, that Indiana and Illinois were in when we went there where we're kind of where it's it's a little bit of a must win. We're reeling, uh, lost our last three. So you hope to see kind of that that reverse, uh, the reverse effect. And we kind of jump on them. Hopefully we get Tyler Wall back. That obviously would be a welcome sight. Uh, but you never know. And, you know, it, it's going to be a tough challenge defensively. Again, it's more guards, like we touched on so many times. We struggle with guards. but They run a lot of pin-down actions, and that puts pressure on those bigs to either come up and impact the ball or stay back and kind of force the long two. Or obviously we want to force long twos. But Seth Lundy, Jalen Pickett, those guys can get crazy in that area. So it's going to be really important for Max Klesman, Chucky, to be physical with those guys and, uh, you know, kind of disrupt their rhythm. For sure. Agree, 100%. Moving on, let's talk Northwestern real quick. Northwestern, again, is a team that, I mean, that's like no disrespect to our guys, Ju- Juice and Alex over there. Uh, on the, I forget the name uh, I forget the name of their podcast, but uh, on their deal over there. But, you know, we everybody beats up Northwestern. That's what I was saying. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, I'm going to just keep it real with you. So we, we got we to go get that one, man. Wildcat Alley, I'm sorry, is the is the name of their of their podcast, and you know I, I've talked to Juice, got to play against Juice overseas and stuff. Always really good players over there, man. But from John Sherna to Juice Thompson, Sabluski, uh, man, they they just had a lot of good players. Sanjay Lumpkin, um, and this year their guys are Boo Booey. For you, John, you might not know this. They have is the younger brother of former Penn State star Taylor Battle and. And also now the assistant coach over at Northwestern. He's averaging 15 a game as long as Chase Audage. So more good guard play. So uh, what what do you see for this one? Well, first off, I want to ask you a question. Is Boo Booey the best name in college basketball? (laughs) (laughs) It's up there, man. It's up there. Honestly, I didn't know his last name was Booey. I knew that was Taylor's brother. Uh, for the longest time, and I didn't know I didn't know his last name, but yeah, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty good uh pretty good name, and I think it's up there. I think it's up there, but but you look at again. I mean, they beat Michigan State, they beat Indiana, so like we say, these games are beatable, but there are no 
just walkthroughs in the Big Ten. And and we're going to have to bring it. I'm, I'm more focused on on how we respond, right, after we talk about the Indiana game, uh, you know, getting the, their will imposed on us. I want to see that in the Penn State game and the Northwestern game, right? The level of physicality that we play with, the intensity, the energy that we play with, uh, especially when you've lost three in a row, you know, guys come in a little down, like slump your shoulders. So I'm just going to be looking at body language, physicality, nice. effort, all that facts. stuff, because I think that's going to be the determining factor in these next two games. Facts, facts. This is a win by any means necessary game and energy. Like you said, body language is going to be a big factor in that. But um, yeah, they might be Indiana and Michigan State, but I promise you any team we play will and can catch disrespect on this podcast. So it does not matter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying moving forward, that, that's just what it is. Real quick, man, let's touch, let's do a little midseason recap. Badgers six and six, 14 to play in the Big Ten. Uh, coming off, in my opinion, what was our worst game of the season? Um, but let's just, what, what do you see? Who do you see as the defensive leaders right now, the X factor, um, and guys who need to give more moving forward? Um, yeah, well, I mean, we've hit on, you know, how I feel about Connor's season. I like to see the ball in his hands a little more. Um, but when we're looking at, kind of in totality, right? We're 11 and two, we're a top 15 team in the country. We're three and zero in the big 10. And then you lose your best player in Tyler Wall and leading scorer and best defender. And now you're sitting at 11 and five uh, and, and dropping in the big 10 standards. I mean, that's what it is. It's just about health. Cause I honestly believe if we have him, we win those three games and we're sitting there at 14 and two and you're a top 10 team in the country um, and everybody's patting you on the back, but it just came down to an ankle sprain. And, you know, that's that's just the most glaring thing that stands out to this, you know, first half of the season. That, yep. No, 100 percent, 100 percent. I'd like to see, like I said, we, we talked about early in the season, uh, the pace that they played with um, and the pace has kind of gone down. Obviously, Tyler Wall being out does not help that. Um, but I do want to uh, I do want to see that pace go back up. I want to see them. Create, I think that's going to help create easy baskets, especially against a team like Indiana. And, you know, the scouting report on Wisconsin is, you know, unathletic, unathletic. So you got to you got to press up maybe a little bit of a maybe not completely true, but, eh, you know, so everybody's going to press up on us. So it's going to be important for us to keep, to play with rhythm, play with pace and and create uh, to, to create easy shots. Anyway, like I said, uh, Johnny, let's go take us into the word on campus. And speaking of athleticism, we got probably the most athletic white guy I know, man, on the show. My dog, man. This uh, I'm excited for him to be here with us. The first round, first round pick to the Houston Rockets back in 2015. Badger great, the pride of Wisconsin, Sheboygan's own. Tough, my bad as well. Two-time Final Four. Uh, attendee and also almost got us a national championship but a hell of a run man we got the one and only sam decker sammy appreciate you joining us for this segment of the show of course that almost is going to haunt me forever so <laughs> i appreciate you putting putting that in for me and the athleticism part i'm flattered but jordan's uh, always got to put in those subtle jabs doesn't he <laughs> I, I know i know i know i know trust me he's my teammate now so it's uh, it's, it's non-stop so i but you have to you have to humble him and get, give it back oh, to yeah. him but as, as long as the uh athleticism part i think i think johnny's got me on the vert i, I, I don't i don't think i I jumped quite as high as John. No, but, no, man. Uh, I appreciate I'll, that. I'll gladly take the second most athletic white guy uh, place behind you on, on that scale. <laughs> where, where, where's Keaton right, man? Oh, Keaton's up there. Keaton's up there. 
Keenan, Keenan Shelly closely by uh, J.P. Gavinsky. <laughs> J.P. Gavinsky, man. Hey, man, but listen, Sam, we, uh, we've talked a little bit about, about Indiana, the game last week, talk about what's to come. Uh, we did have Mike Heller uh, step in and, and get a little spicy with the Badgers this week, man. So this is our word on campus topic of the week. The tweet was, today is another very good example of what the Badgers are in college basketball. Incredibly well coached, but not talented enough. Recruiting high level and depth is and has been a long time knock on this program. So I think that there's no better person to have on here to discuss this than yourself. Um, first of all, what do you what do you think was the X factor for you guys two final four runs? I mean, I think for me personally, it was depth, but I want to hear your your opinion on that. It's funny you say that because that was the first word that just popped in my mind when you said that was depth. Um, you know, we could roll nine or ten deep if needed. I, I think in crunch time games and big matchups, we were about eight man rotation, which as you guys played for for Coach Ryan, he was kind of an eight man rotation guy. Sometimes would choke it to seven if he wasn't trusting everyone. But um, if we needed to go nine or ten when we had fall trouble, you know, those two final four seasons, you know, we had. Um, look, the second final four season, we had like showy kind of as a ninth, 10th guy, um, you know, sophomore year, we kind of, um, you know, do in and out of the rotation a little bit. We even threw Evan Anderson in big games once in a while, if we need to, you know, plug the middle up. So, you know, having depth and guys that are okay with being part of that depth, you know, um, you know, ninth, 10th man coming in, will get, you know, eight to 10 minutes and be key spark. That's a huge thing. I remember our sweet 16, game we were down six or seven in North Carolina with about nine minutes eight minutes left and um Trey Jackson wasn't quite back yet Josh got in some foul trouble um and we needed to go to the bench coach Ryan brings in Zach Showalter and he goes on a personal I think six or seven oh run um ties the game up and they were kind of shell-shocked like who's this guy coming in um not top of the scouting report coming in and changing the game um and so instances like that remind me about you know, how important it is to have depth, especially in the college game. So, Johnny, what would you say, and Sam, you as well, what just what what are your thoughts on that tweet as a whole? I mean, well, I get what he's saying, but show me another college basketball team that loses their leading scorer and best defender and doesn't take a, a big decline in their level of play, right? I, I'll wait. I, I don't know if there's another team, you know, it's just it's just such a big loss when you lose a kid like Tyler um, that I think the tweet is a little bit unwarranted. You know, obviously we'd love to have depth and win those games, but um, you know, I don't I don't think it was uh, was necessary. I would agree. Um, I think the thing that people need to remember about. The Wisconsin basketball program, it's not the glitz and the glam that sometimes we want, myself included. But when it comes to the vitriol sometimes towards this coaching staff, um, you have a staff that came in replacing a legendary coach uh, midseason and since then taking over multiple Big Ten titles, multiple Sweet 16s. Those are benchmarks that and yeah, it's not a Final Four, but those are benchmarks that teams would love to have. You talk to a Maryland or a Penn State fan, uh, no knock on their programs at all. 
good programs, but they would love to say, oh, we have two or three Big Ten titles in the last you know, seven years. So to be able to say that and then in the same breath saying we need changes, it's a good problem to have, but we also have to sit back and remember where this program was in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, going into today. Winning like that isn't easy. So to just kind of just throw it off to the side, like they haven't done anything, is technically a lie. Yeah, they've lost games we don't want them to lose. Sure, maybe the pace we want to pick up, but to act like this program hasn't been successful would be lying to ourselves. So yeah, are there things we'd like to see different? Sure, I think that's anywhere. But they've done some amazing things here and we can't disregard that. Right, and I think think to immediately just go to that tweet when you lose a guy like Tyler Wall – um, is unfair because, like I just said in our last segment, if he's healthy, I think I believe we win those last three games. We're fourteen and two. We're a top ten team, and we're at the top of the Big Ten standings. And a media guy doesn't even think about taking a shot like that. So, Jordan, what's what's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, to your point, I think I think we win at least one game, and if we win one out of two, then we're still at the top of the Big Ten standings. So, and it and it looks like I mean, we talked about it last week. I mean, it's uh, it's it's one of those. It was one of those games where if you win it. Three and three looks a whole lot different than four and two. So yes. and that's just, yes. especially in the Big Ten when and every game matters. Go ahead, Sam. And I don't think I don't think people realize quite how much Wall does for this yeah. team. He guards the other team's best big or guard when needed. He's switchable one through five. He rebounds the heck out of his position. He's physical. You see him in these big crunch time moments, uh, like Marquette games or these tight games where maybe he's not having the best offensive night. Last seven minutes, he is babying dudes on the block. Mm-hmm. He's going to his bread and butter, his spin moves, his pump fakes, getting to the line. And when he plays with that physicality, the rest of the team uh, uh, you know, feeds off of that. And then Chucky starts hitting shots. Jordan Davis starts hitting shots. So that's a huge hole to be missing. And John, like you said, like when you lose your best player, it means something. When we were 36-3. and three. We went to Rutgers, who was 1-10 in, in Big Ten play without Frank and lost on the road. Like – it's a big hole to fill because you practice all week with your full team. You know, the morning of the game ruled out. That's a whole, it's like losing your quarterback the day of the game. Yeah. You change everything. So, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, game plan gets thrown out the window and becomes a crapshoot. And that's what you see happens in these games. No, that's a great point. And I thought about that when you were talking about your, your final four runs. Like if you, if that team loses you or Frank for five games, it completely changes the dynamic of the team. Right. And, and maybe you lose three in a row and now, everybody, but you know, so that's why I just think it was an unfair tweet because you're losing your best player and he's such an impactful player that you can't, Obviously, you want to have a next man up mentality and, and be able to have a bunch of, you know, other four and five star players that are just happy to be sitting on your bench to go in there. But that's just that's just not realistic. I think I think the uh, the last sentence in the tweet recruiting high level and depth is and has been a long time knock on this program is literally a lie. I think that we've had, you know, we've had what, how many three to three, four first round picks in, I mean, which obviously relative to, okay, Michigan state, Ohio state um, maybe is not a lot, but in the landscape of college basketball, that's a, that's a lot of talent. We've had several all Americans, several all big 10 first team players, several pros, whether it's NBA or overseas. Um, so I, I think that's really off base. I think the the one area where maybe he has somewhat of a point, which I think it's kind of uh, implicit in the tweet is maybe the style of play um, is is a little outdated in terms of the pace, 
um, some of the action that we run. But we've talked about before how Coach Guard does do a good job at at adjusting, you know, with Spain screens, with you know, with wide pins, things like that. But I would, I personally would love to see. Um, not even necessarily high level, but maybe even like a rim running five where you can develop into a shooter, an athlete, an athlete at the five position. I've said for years when, you know, Wisconsin has guys like Ray Nixon, like Sam, uh, like Orlando on the wing, those are the best teams that Wisconsin has had um, because it gives an element of that of athleticism and, and just a, an X factor within the system. But for me, we just don't do a good enough job at putting pressure on defenses putting them in, like I said earlier, in closeout situations, and and it it hampers the offense at times. Um, so, but again, I think they are trying to do that. I think Johnny Davis was a guy who did that. Um, I think Connor's a guy who who gives a different element, a more I guess modern element. Um, but I think it also just make it easier for guys like Chucky um, if you can play a wide wide spread or a spread ball screen and get downhill and find guys on the backside. So. Um, that is one thing that I would like to see us recruit, maybe just like a rim running five or something like that who would help. Well, to kind of go against uh, the grain in a, in a, in a way here, um, the, the part in the tweet I think uh, about the recruiting, um, I, I honestly think um, being able to have five or four guys on the court that a team has to respect uh, to score – to put pressure on you is very important, especially at the college game right now. Having a wing or a couple wing depth that can break a defense down uh, when, you know, Chucky's getting, you know, doubled off of a screen or, um, you know, they're taking a crawl or walls rolls away. And you can swing that to a wing that can even, you know, quick rip baseline, get downhill, just keep the defense on their toes. Um, like you said, with depth earlier, like your teams, you guys had off guys off the bench like Rob Wilson that could come in and teams are like, oh, man, this guy can get in the paint, get two feet in the paint, dump offs, a uh, little midi. Um, that takes pressure off of you. We had, you know, we could play off Nigel. He'd have 18, 19 in a night. Vito could come in, hit, you know, six mid-range jumpers. All of a sudden, he's got 11, 12 points going. When you have wing depth that can put pressure on a defense, it's – I think it takes so much pressure off your guard, so much pressure off your bigs, where Wisconsin is a big 1-5 pick-and-roll action bread-and-butter team. So when you can recruit some of these guys and come in, get downhill, get in the paint, get to the free throw line, it opens up your offense. Yeah, uh, 100%. And, I think, and to be fair, I think that we, we do have that person. I think there's going to be – when you have a guy like Marcus Ilver, if he can come along, I, I like his game. He can shoot it. He's athletic at the four. Um, I think he's just maybe at not quite ready. And to the coaching staff's defense, it's it's hard when you're playing every game matters in the Big Ten, and it's hard to throw out every a game. sophomore or a freshman for 25 because you can't afford mistakes. And Coach Guard used to say that, you know, I remember my freshman year, I made a mistake, and I think I came to the bench and said, my bad. And Coach Guard snapped on He was like, my bad, gets his beat. And that's just what it is. So it's like you don't – it's easy to sit here and say development and all that, but it's hard to bring guys along – in game situations, and if you really break it down, it's not a lot of games either. You're playing, you're playing 20 Big Ten games and 30 games throughout the year. So it's not a lot of time to get these guys up to speed. But can you imagine – I like a lineup with even, you know, Chucky, a Max Klesman, Tyler Wall at the five, or he can short roll, and you got Marcus Hiller who can shoot it and Connor on the backside where you can't really leave guys if Marcus mm-hmm. Hiller is making shots. 
Um, so I, I, I think that, and to your point, Sam, too, we had, you know, Rob was up and down with playing time. And again, it was some things that Rob, you know, maybe just didn't do the little things that allow Coach Ryan to trust him. But I thought if we would have had Rob Roland offensively as good as Josh was, you know, we had a Final Four team because then you have myself, John, uh, Keaton, all could score. And then you have a guy like Rob who, who is another just another factor. Um, so, I, again, I think in fairness uh, to, to Mike Heller, I, I, I understand where he's going, but also in fairness to the coaching staff, it, it's difficult to to make those things happen. You can't just wave a wand Sam. and say, you know, we're going to do that. Sam, you had a, a good point that you guys really didn't have any offensive deficient players on the floor. Yeah. And that's when Wisconsin's mm-hmm. at their best, right? So what what do you think that was? Uh, was it recruiting the right type of guys? Was it developing them? Was it a combination of both? Was it a combination of your guys' chemistry and how you guys played off each other? What, what do you think the difference was there? It's kind of the perfect storm of a mix of talent and personalities and then – rare development uh, stories that you see. You know, we, we you don't expect, you know, Frank to go from playing 12 minutes a game to being first team all Big Ten to yeah. the next year being National Player of the Year. Like, that was a big jump, right? Um, and I think we had a lot of guys that are unafraid to be themselves from day one, um, like Nigel Hayes, like Vito, um, like Trey Jackson, that – had this like rare air of confidence about them, right? And that feeds to each other. Um, so when you have, like I said, four and a half guys on the court that think I can get a bucket on the guy guarding me, that just makes it a whole new situation. Because you know that you know those nights we all were in those nights where maybe Jordan gets in foul trouble or doesn't have it going. We're playing through lure, and you're saying, okay, if no one else is confident right now, I have eight eyes on me when I get the ball and that's not easy. And I, I, sometimes you kind of see Chucky kind of dealing with that mm-hmm. last year. You saw Johnny Davis in some big games dealing. Johnny had 10 eyes on him at times last year. Um, and that's where I sometimes watch and I'm like, man, if he only had one or, you know, I, I had a, if we went with, we call our Redwoods lineup. If we put me at the two and we had Duye at the three, who's six ten, and Nigel at the four, and so we had five ball handlers, but almost all seven footers. And, I feel like if I get doubled, I'm hitting Duya, and Duya's knocking it, knocking down a 22 footer from the top. Like when you have a rare breed of talent and size, I think the recruiting in that situation was really, really good. And Coach Ryan and Guard and Coach Close and Lamont put together an incredible roster. Um, so, in the recruiting aspect of it, to come full circle to that tweet, like Wisconsin can recruit. You know, Bronson. Koenig had offers from everywhere in the country. I was a five-star. Nigel had six Big Ten offers. Frank had five Big Ten offers. Like, you had these guys. Josh was offered by, like, everybody. Mm -hmm. You can get these guys. You can get these guys on campus. We've seen it. It's just a matter of, you know, guys wanting to. And that's that's a tough part of recruiting. It's not an easy thing. It's not an easy game. And, you know, Wisconsin has the ability to. We just hope they can do it here. Yep. And I think – I think again, having you guys, that team that you, the team that you guys put together, along with guys like Johnny Davis, and now Connor Asijian coming along, just kind of his style of play, I think is going to make it exciting for more guys of that caliber to continue to come through Wisconsin. Um, and people forget, people forget, Greg Gard had Tyler Hero committed yep. to Wisconsin. Yep. Like, I, I feel like people think of that as a recruiting loss, 
he had Tyler committed for a year mm-hmm. and telling teams on AAU circuits, telling coaches, I don't want to talk to you. I'm committed to Wisconsin. He's wearing Wisconsin shirts for warmups in AAU tournaments, telling everybody I'm a Wisconsin Badger. And then obviously things change. Coach Cal calls you. You want to be an NBA player. Like he made a decision that, look, he just signed a $160 million deal or whatever it was. It worked for him. But I wouldn't count that as a recruiting loss. He wanted to be a Badger for a long time and still has love for the Badgers. I know Ty well. Like he made a decision at the end of the day for him, but it it wasn't a knock on Wisconsin. And he was Wisconsin's first choice. If you go back and actually take a look at the whole situation, is it? Do you guys laugh before before we sign off? Is it possible to get to that level where guys do not want to decommit from Wisconsin to to go to a Kentucky? And is that even something that you want uh, the Badger program to be about? If that makes sense, John. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we can get to that point. Obviously, you know, there's always going to be uh, competition from. But now, I think I think the the game changer in all this is NIL, and because that's going to determine really where a lot of these five star, four star kids are going. Right? Let's just call that what it is. And uh, if Wisconsin can can put that together, I think absolutely. Yep, I would agree with that. I, I think. Um... Uh, us three have spent many years in Wisconsin. We still go back in the summers. We still watch these teams and root for them like we're still on these teams. And we can all say when you go to Madison, there's something different about the place. There's a reason we all committed there. Um, you know, you go to the Cole Center now and there's all these banners, you know, now recent Final Four banners, big, recent, very recent Big Ten Championship banners. Um, you know, one of the longest streaks of NCAA tournament appearances. Success is there. And it's proven. And people know that when they walk through the program, walk there uh, as a recruit. Um, It's just about, you know, the notion of making it sexy, if that makes any sense. Um, Kind of giving these kids, showing them what they want to see. Because Wisconsin can do it. They have all the infrastructure. They have all the money in the world. They have all the, the glitz and the glam, the renovations yearly. They can, they have as good as an athletic budget and athletic team that will put all the infrastructure for elite, elite talent and player development for you. It's a matter of showing that and proving it and flexing your muscles a little bit and saying, you want to be here. You want to get to the next level. We can do that for you. And we have everything available for you to do it. I I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent. And I think that has been somewhat of a hot button topic over at the school. I think, me personally, I would love to start seeing, you know, little things like all American banners up there alongside. It's cool. They got Frank's number retired um, and, and Michael Finley finally up there. Devin's going up there as well. Or Devin, Devin's not up there yet. Should be up there. Um, I think you should see NBA, a, ban, a banner with NBA draft picks with all Americans um, and things like that. Because I think those little things do matter in the recruiting game and just and just showing your players love. But I think Coach Guard is headed down that road, but we will leave it there because that is another that is another conversation for another day. Since John mentioned NIL, y'all, anybody listening, make sure to go check out Sam just started a new podcast with the Varsity Collective and he's a natural on the mic. So make sure y'all go check him out. 
As for us, we will sign off another edition of A Shot of Whiskey podcast. Again, make sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And on YouTube, at Beyond Big Ten with the number 10. Also, make sure to follow along on all socials, TikTok, IG, and Twitter, at Beyond the Big Ten. Again, the number not spelled out. I am Jordan Taylor. That's John Lure. And for Sam Decker, we appreciate you joining in with us. I'm sure you'll be back to kick it with us, man. We'll catch y'all next time. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.